Look, it's shaping up right now that the offseason could be a whole lot more exciting and franchise-altering than the regular season was, by far. This is the biggest Bears offseason in recent memory. Hi, you're now listening to the Bear Minimum Podcast with Clay Harbor and Marshall Harris. Over the middle to Harbor, touchdown! We're going to be talking all things Bears all the time. We'll have interviews and commentary from your favorite players and beat writers from the city of Chicago. If you love the Chicago Bears and you love the NFL, you're in the right place. And this podcast is sponsored by Joy District Chicago. Come experience the three floors of Joy District. The first floor, Parlay at Joy, the ultra-modern sports bar. The second floor, the Club at Joy, the hottest dance club in the city. And the third floor, the Roof at Joy, a rooftop bar with great views of Chicago. Joy District is open Monday through Friday from 5 p.m. to 2 a.m., Saturday from 11 a.m. to 3 a.m., and Sunday from 2 p.m. to 12 p.m. We will see you at Joy District. Welcome into the Bare Minimum Podcast. The regular season is over, and only in the NFL can the biggest loser somehow be, at the same time, the biggest winner. Here to talk about it all, Marshall Harris, along with former NFL tight end Clay Harbor. Clay, the Bears finished the season on a franchise record 10-game losing streak, but by the grace of Lovey Smith, they are now the owners of the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. How wild was yesterday when you just consider that the Bears look like, okay, they're going to lose the Lions, which we all expected, but the Texans put up all the fight and Lovey Smith put all his cards on the table and scoring a, on a Hail Mary pass with under a minute to go in Indianapolis against the Colts and then says, we're going for two. Now, Less than a few hours later, he was officially fired as head coach of the Texans, but not before saying, you know what, I can still coach. Man, what what a turn of events. Lovey Smith is still doing big things for the city of Chicago. That's why I love you, Lovey. You know, I think that if this was a different scenario, if the Bears didn't have – Lovey knew he was getting fired. I think he did this on purpose. He knew he needed to win that game so the Bears could get that pick. He's giving the people of Chicago what they want. He's given them the number one pick. Now they got an opportunity to trade back, get some more players. I think that's what they should do. We'll talk about that in a second. But, man, what a, what a day of football. You know, going into the day, you have hope that the Bears could possibly get the number one pick. And, you know, seeing it happen like that with the, with the Hail Mary play, the two-point conversion is, uh, is big. And I think it's, it's franchise changing. I think that there's some good quarterback prospects out there, and I think there'll be an opportunity for the Bears to, to trade back and get a haul. And, I mean, there's always a chance that they stay and, 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 and pick a, a lineman, defensive lineman, something like that. The Bears average uh, pressure on 20% of their dropbacks, which was 31st in the NFL. That is completely unacceptable. That will make your defensive backs better, your linebackers better, everybody better if you get a D lineman. But I think if you're the Bears, you got to consider trading back. Listen, let me tell you something. I'm watching the Bears game and, you know, trying obviously not to fall asleep as they're losing to the Lions and it was never, sorry, not the Lions, but the Vikings and it was never close. Uh, I was like, why can't I watch the Texans and the Colts? I think Bears fans would rather watch the Texans and the Colts knowing their team wasn't going to win. I mean, it, number one, it was a more exciting game. Number two, the way it ended. And number three, the stakes. The stakes were higher for that game than they were yeah. 
And I do think Lovey Smith was like, look, y'all going to fire me anyway, but I'm going out with a bang. Yeah. And he sure did. So more, more respect and love to Lovey Smith, who, by the way, I just want to point this out. The Texans roster is not good. Lovey Smith can coach. He's not the worst coach in the NFL. He's taken teams places. And so I think Lovey Smith should get another job somewhere. Will he? I don't know. But, you know, this, this caretaker business that he was put up to in, in, in Houston, was, it's, it's kind of shameful uh, what they were doing, uh, Cal McNair and them. Uh, but, but back to the, the Bears game itself. If we want to talk about it, we can, Clay. I mean, did you have any major takeaways? I, I did not. Well, I mean, the one takeaway is, you know, Valus Jones had a big catch. He, had a, he obviously he had that big touchdown run. I thought that was, uh, you know, that showed some, some, some good things. Khalil Herbert had a decent day, you know, 10 rushes for 50 yards. I think those are two guys that you, you go into next year encouraged because of this game. Bayless Jones made a couple plays. I mean, obviously he struggles to catch the ball. The, the, the route he caught wasn't anything crazy, but I'm encouraged. It was good to see Cole Komet have a couple of, uh, couple of big plays too. So for me, there were some good things in the game. Komet, Bayless Jones, Khalil Herbert, those are three guys that you know are coming back next year that you're going to want to be able to you know, see things from in this offseason, and it's good momentum for them going into the offseason. So uh, I was I was excited about that. You know, you had a couple, you know, Brisker had 10 tackles, five solos. You, you saw some good things there. Joe Thomas, 14 tackles, two TFLs, had a decent little game and uh, making, you know, a case to be on this roster next year. So that's what I always look at it as in a game like this is who's making their case for, for next year's roster. But, you know, overall, I mean, it, the Bears, I mean, it just it just wasn't good. Uh, obviously, it, it, uh, it felt like it felt like what I said it was going to be like, which is yeah. the final preseason game back when you had a four game preseason. Literally, exactly, exactly what it felt like. Felt like preseason vibes, and everybody wanted the Bears to lose. And I mean, I, I I'm usually invested in these games, like you know, making sure I see everything. And it was it was boring, and you just wanted to see them lose, and they did. And obviously, keeping a keeping an eye on that Texans score was more important. And wow, man, the Texans the Texans really came through for us. Listen, here's the one thing I want to say. Ryan Poles, the GM of the Bears, I mean, this season couldn't have really gone better from a just how you design it. It's like, let's develop Justin Fields. Now, you know me. I'm still – there are things Justin Fields still needs to do. He still needs to prove. But he's on the right track. And certainly he's shown himself to be dynamic enough to be a part of a team that is a playoff contender, maybe a championship contender, depending on what the rest of the roster looks like. But they got Justin Fields going in the right direction, and they lost enough games to have the number one overall pick. And then you look at the cap space, and you're like, all the cap space in the world. Ryan Poles is sitting pretty, but now now he has to deliver. It's like everything is in theory. Now it's the practicum part. Go out in the world and do, do the thing that you were hired to do. Build a championship contender. It's easy to tear down a team. It's easy to, to take a lot of dead money. It's easy to trade away some of your superstar players. Now's the hard part. Your team has a number one draft pick. Now you got to scout. You got to figure out the best way to move forward with this number one pick. You got over $100 million to spend on free agency. You got 30 unrestricted free agents on your own roster, and then you got to scour the league and find out who is going to make it to free agency. A lot of these unrestricted free agencies. Free agents will get signed before the free agent period even starts. So you got to figure it out. you got to have the conversations, and that's difficult. But if you asked Ryan Poles what he would want coming into this season after tearing down some of this roster, 
I mean, he's got to be this. He's got to be thrilled. You got the number one pick. Justin Fields showed that he can be your number one quarterback, and you got over a one hundred million, one hundred million dollars. Number two man, his name number two. You have one hundred million dollars to spend on free agents. You saw what the Jacksonville Jaguars did this year. They went worst to first with a big free agent spending. They had a young quarterback that could play. The Bears got a young quarterback that could play. They can go from worst to first. Jaguars had the number one draft pick. That also helped them go from worst to first. The Bears have the same exact thing. They can do it the way the Jags did it. You know what they did? They brought in some new They brought in two receivers for their young quarterback, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones. From there, they, they got back a big-time running back. We got Herbert, but maybe you, you make a play for a guy like Miles Sanders, Saquon, who knows? Then they stacked a defensive line. They brought in Arden Key, Folo Fadikasi. They brought a new linebacker. I mean, these are the same things that the Bears need to do that the Jaguars did. So I think there's a little bit, you know, you could take a little bit from what Doug Peterson and Trent Baalke did and implement that in Chicago, the same offensive principles, build around your quarterback, bring in some quarterback-heavy coaches, bring in some, some big-time defensive linemen, defensive linebackers, and then you know, fix the offensive line. Brandon Sheriff, they brought in a big-time lineman. The Bears can do these things with the same money they have, and they could be a team like the Jaguars that finished last place in the AFC South on Thursday. Okay, okay. Let, me, let, me, let me just talk you off that ledge real quick for a couple of reasons. Number one, the Jaguars play in a much worse division than the Bears do. That, can we agree on that? We can't agree on that, but, I mean, you just saw the implosion of – a huge name last night, Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. So that's wait, wait, wait. I, no, no. I'm not going to call it an implosion. I'm going to say the Detroit Lions are a very good football team. Yeah, they're they're way they're, they're trending in the right direction, as are the Minnesota Vikings, and that's what I mean. Like Bears are not just last place, and there's other last place teams. Like all three of the other teams in the division, their playoff fate was decided on the final day of the season. Yeah. That that's except for the Vikings, obviously, who you know are are up there. So that that's problematic. You got a lot more catching up to do. And I also want to believe that the Bears have a lot more work to do defensively, specifically on the defensive line, than the Jags had to do a year ago last year. That's true. I mean, they, they the Jags at least had a couple guys that that you knew could play, i.e., Josh Allen, uh, you know, the big time pass rusher there, young guy. So they they got more. They got more work to do than the Jags do, but I think it's still feasible to pull off a worse first. It'll be difficult. But do you think Aaron Rodgers, do you see Aaron Rodgers after that game against the, against the Lions? He's got everything in front of him. You win and you're in. The Lions are eliminated. All you have to do is win this game, and he loses. Does this change his outlook on him as a player at all and do you see Aaron Rodgers coming back to the Green Bay Packers next year when he's due 50 million dollars you got Jordan Love waiting in the, in the in the wings do you see maybe Aaron Rodgers getting traded to a team that's that's ready to go maybe a team like the New York Jets you get them a, a good big time quarterback possibility there also where, where does his former favorite receiver play I, I hear they need a quarterback uh, in Las Vegas yeah. I hear they need a quarterback there. Josh McDaniels coaching Tom Brady. He would love to coach Aaron Rodgers. I know that. I played with Josh, and 
he's a big time quarterback. He's a guy that believes you're only as good as your quarterback is. So I think they'd be able to make a play. They would be willing to make a play for a guy like Aaron Rodgers. And it's going to be interesting. I don't think he comes back to Green Bay. And I think there's a good chance that he will still be playing next year. But here's the problem. This guy's got a $50 million contract on the books. So that's going to be hard to ship. And not just not just a fifty million dollar contract. I mean, he's it, he just signed a three year one hundred fifty million dollar deal. So like that was just year, I want to say year one of the of the deal, right? So yeah, he, he's got he, two. He can he can get out uh, in twenty twenty four, you know, with two two years one hundred million remaining on the deal, but twenty four million in dead cap. Like I, I don't know, man. That's it's it, you know there's capologists out there that we probably probably need to have a capologist here on the show to discuss such things. Uh, I I don't think Aaron Rodgers is done playing football. Let's start with that. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is done playing football. He's not ready to retire. I don't think. Yeah. But you know last last night Sunday night football he has one of the uh, sorry Lions players ask him for his jersey after the game. He's like I'm gonna hold on to this one. That gives me the belief that maybe he understands this is his last game of the season. In his press conference, he talked about, you know, it's all too raw, still have to process it. It's basically the same thing he said the last two seasons. I feel a strong air of deja vu. Do you remember the end of the Brett Favre era in, in Green Bay where every season it was like, I'm going to hold you guys hostage? Like, the, 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 the guy likes attention, you know? And, yeah. and not that he doesn't get attention, but a certain type of attention – so I think he is going to take his time making decisions, but I think he's going to play next year. I won't be surprised either way if it's Green Bay or if it's somewhere else. But I think he wants to go to a better situation. I mean, here, my 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 um my enduring memory of Aaron Rodgers this season is definitely the first game of the season when they lost and he hits his young receiver Christian Watson in the hands and Watson drops the ball and it's like yeah. here we go and I think that was his here we go moment but he fought back to have them in a position where Sunday night football winning you're in and Long the Lions were like nah. Dan Campbell was like nah not on my watch Dan Campbell biting off ankles and kneecaps man I still can't believe that one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time can't win this one I mean I know it's tough the, the Lions wanted to play spoil, spoiler they're, they're a good team but I mean, come on, man. If you're one of the greatest ever, you got to win that game. If you're one of the greatest ever to do it, and you got to win in your end playoff game, the end of the season, other teams eliminated now. You you got to get that done. I think that I think that hurts his legacy as far as for, for Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. Clay, we always say the quarterback gets too much credit when things go right and too much blame when things go wrong. So I'm not going to put it all like on Aaron Rodgers. I just know this is the way of the world. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers needs a little bit of a break. And for us, you know, we call our break halftime. And uh, when I want a break in Chicago, I want to go break at a little cocktail, grab a drink. You what know you do? What, what are you doing when you want a break? You know what I'm doing. You know, I'm going to Joy District, baby. Joy District's one of my favorites. right there in Hubbard Street around all the, the bars you're going out in Chicago. It's a perfect location, downtown River North. You go to Joy District. First thing you can do is you walk into the first floor, you grab a beer, you watch the game. It's a good sports bar vibe down there. They call it Parlay. Parlay at Joy. And then, you know, from there, you go up to the rooftop. You want to see a good, good view of the city? You want to have a nice cocktail, nice bar up there? You go up there. But, you know, the only place you're going to find Marshall Harris 
the only place you're going to find Marshall Harris is on the second floor, Joy. This man going to be dancing on the second floor at the club. He's going to be out there dancing. He, 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 he dancing. Um, so, yeah, check out Joy District. So it's funny. You know, we usually do um, – you talk a little bit about my exploits of maybe trying to find a, uh, a wife in uh, – A Mrs. Harbor. Yeah, Mrs. Harbor out here. And a funny thing is um, I was out with a, a girlfriend last night, and she's on Raya. And uh, we're like, me and my buddy are like, yeah, well, let's see some of this competition on Raya. And that's kind of like an exclusive dating app. I saw so many NFL players with their first picture is just them in their NFL jersey. Like, I saw DeAndre Hopkins. I saw Dante Pettis from the Bears. I just swipe. I'm like, that's Dante Pettis. I saw, I'm not trying to put these guys on blast, but I'm going through this dating app. I'm like, wow, dude, the competition out here is tough. Like, there's just professional athletes out here on dating apps like that. And just, man, I'm like, dude, that's, that's tough. And then I'm like, these guys are literally leading with their first picture is of them, like some hockey player, you know, in his hockey uniform. It's like, bro, like maybe you should put something else forward so they don't maybe swipe on you just because you're a football player, bath, but or you want them to know right away, hey, this is what you're getting into. I'm a professional athlete. So is that what do you think about that, Marshall? Should they be? Right. No, no. I think I think they're doing the exact thing that they should be doing. They're being upfront about, yo, this is what it is. I'm a professional athlete. If you want to get with a professional athlete, here's your opportunity. Swipe right, hit me up. We'll get it going. No, no. But seriously, like the women who are choosing them know exactly what they're getting to. I think they're being upfront and honest, right? Yeah. Like they're not on there. Especially Raya, especially Raya, they're not on there to find nice guys. They're they're to find baller men. Okay, is that fair? You're on Raya, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I you know what's funny is this is a so I'm I'm on Raya and I'm swiping and uh, I didn't even recognize this girl. I'm like, oh wow, she's cute, and I swiped and um, I said like, hey, like, hey there, like, how was your day? And um, she replies, oh, hey, stranger. It's good to see you again. How was, how, mine was great. How was yours? Come to find what? out, this, this was a girl that, like, one of my buddies had, like, semi-dated before, and I just didn't recognize her. And I, I 100%, she thinks that I knew who she was. Like, she's like, oh, hey, Clay. Like, yeah, it's so good to see you. And now I'm like, oh, fuck. I literally just messaged my boy's, like, ex. So now I feel bad about that. Do I have to go and, like, bro, like, this was an accident and tell him? Or, or what do I do there? Are, are they done? Yeah, they're done. I mean, she's on the app. Did he break up with her? Or did she stop talking to him? I think it was like a mutual thing. Okay, then the, no harm, no foul. What are, what are we talking about? If yo, if you think she might be Mrs. Harbor, you go after her. Do you think being a homie hopper is what they call it? They call when when girls go from one guy to in a friend group to another guy. They call it being a homie hopper. You I've don't never think heard any of problem before. with 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 a girl dating different guys in the same friend group. How long, how, what, what's the statute of limitations? Like how long has it been since they dated? I don't know, man, but they had a serious relationship and now they're not together anymore. Maybe a couple, a year, uh, you know, is, do you think that the, the girl should stick in the same friendship, friend group, or do you think there should be a code that says like, hey, this is this, is this guy's friend group, respect to him, you probably shouldn't date. Or maybe a guy shouldn't date one of her friends. Girl shouldn't date one of one of his friends. I think the code is nice in in theory, 
I think if the guy gets with another girl and has a girlfriend or gets married, I think once you, first of all, once you're married, like all best I don't problem. care, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's 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 whoever is out there, they're out yeah. there because yeah. now you're married and they they can yeah. do whatever they want. I agree you should that. encourage them. Hey, mate, it didn't work out with us. I would always if if I dated someone and then I got married, I would encourage all of my exes, all of them. If they knew one of my friends and was interested, yo, explore it. Maybe you can find the happiness that I now have because I'm married. Yeah, that's, hey, that's true. I agree. If you're married, that's a different story. You, you have no rights to be, to be worrying about anything out there in the single world. When you're married, you lose your At rights. All. Yeah, you, you At lose all. your rights. Yeah, it's, you're done. But if you're still single and like hanging out with the boys, I think there is a, a limitation there that in my opinion, my group usually uses a code to where we don't talk to each other's exes. That's fine. That's, that's between you and your friends and however y'all decide y'all yeah. want to divvy things up. You hear me? <laughs> divvy things up. Yeah. So moving forward, looking at this free agent list, obviously we don't know exactly who's going to be in free agency, but we do got a list right here of the players, the Chicago Bears, going into the offseason that are going to be free agents. And let's go, let's go down the list, and we'll talk through – who do we want back? These are guys, you know, you have the first option to re-sign. They already re-signed Equinemia St. Brown. I thought that was a good move. They got him for a low contract, like $1.15 million for a year. I don't know why he even did that. Like, that's, he basically has a minimum contract right there, but maybe he just liked it here, didn't want to see what the market was like. So we got to start with, you know who we got to start with, and, you know, I respect the hell out of this guy. This guy is, has been one of my favorite bears for the last four years. He, he came in here. Uh, Iowa State, fifth, sixth round pick, and the guy just exceeded all expectations and became a household name and a fan favorite in Chicago. Never hear anything from him. Guy's a hard worker, just gets the job done. He's not the most explosive guy, but he's a good running back. He's a solid player that you know you can depend on. David Montgomery, do you want him back or no? Unrestricted free agent. I think it depends on the contract that you can you can get him on. That's ultimately what it's going to come down to is if you can get him on something similar to Equinemia St. Brown, maybe not that low, but like oh, a, no a reasonable contract. Yeah. yeah. Then you, you get them back. Otherwise, here's what I know about running backs. I'm not saying they're a dime a dozen, but I'm saying they might be a quarter a dozen. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can always find another running back. Yeah. And Khalil Herbert, as you've mentioned several times, uh, his yards per carry, outstanding this season. Justin Fields is basically a quarterback who's also one of your running backs, I think that's not the focus for the Bears. So if you're David Montgomery and you can go get a bigger contract elsewhere, I encourage him to do so uh, because yeah. I don't think it's a, the biggest of needs for the Bears right now. They, they got other problems, other things they have to worry about. Yeah, he'll, he'll obviously still be somewhere. I don't know if he's going to get the money he wants. I mean, you got Saquon, you got Miles Sanders. You, you got some pretty good running backs out there on the free agent list. And he's just not an explosive guy, but he is a guy that can get the job done. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing him back at all. Big David Montgomery fan. Then we move forward to his counterpart, his fullback, Kari Blassingame. You know, nothing crazy. I thought he, he played well. You know, if you're going to use a fullback, he, he didn't get that many reps throughout the season. But he's one of those old-school fullbacks. Not afraid of contact and catch the football. Special teams guy. Card blasting game, sure. You can bring him back, in my opinion. He didn't hurt you. I mean, he maybe helped. He was a decent blocker. I'm okay with card blasting game. 
Um, yeah, I think if, if you if you if you find value in his presence on the roster, having a fullback on the roster, and you feel like he did a good job, um, I don't feel like we ever talked negatively about yeah. him in the way he played. Uh, I, I think bringing him back is a good idea if that's what you want to do with your offense. I think yeah. first of all, Luke Getze has got to figure some things out about what direction they want to go now that they know what Justin Fields is capable of with this offense going forward. How do they? how they want to make sure they take advantage of the dynamic playmakers already on the roster who you know are going to be here next year and what can they do to accentuate that. And if Blossom Game falls in that category of, you know, helping expedite the Bears' offense to looking good, as it did look for most of the season after the initial few weeks, yeah, then, yeah bring them back. Yeah. Then we go, I mean, Nathan Peterman, Tim Boyle, okay, we don't really see the need there. Um, Peterman... I mean, you know, the emergency quarterback, maybe keep him on practice. He did quad. not throw an interception in his game. His yeah, start. That was like the second time in five NFL starts that he didn't throw an interception. Yeah. Dakota Dozier, I don't even know who that is. Um, Riley Reef. I thought Riley Reef had some ups and downs. I thought he did a decent job for a veteran tackle coming in. Wasn't expected to play. Ended up getting thrown in. Showed that he could still play in this league. Um, I don't think the Bears bring him back, but I wouldn't be mad if they did. I thought he, you know, obviously a lot of the Bears fans aren't a big Riley Reef like, fan believer but i thought he did a decent job you know riley reef and michael schofield i'll throw him in there too they're both unrestricted free agents i know those guys aren't guys that you want to rely on but if you got a depth you want a depth piece to do what they did this year hey we're you know we we, we lost some guys you guys are gonna have to step in and play and those are guys that you can get the job done with so i wouldn't mind seeing them back i don't think they're gonna come back but if they did i think they're they're good depth pieces Michael Schofield, Riley Reef have played in this league for a long time and, and can help you. I think it's going to come down to the draft and what, what direction they go in and what talent they get in the draft, but also top-end free agents. Those are guys who are going to backfill, the guys you just mentioned. So what can you do to solidify this offensive line going forward? Uh, that's going to determine if those guys come back and on obviously reasonable contracts. Yeah. Um, Riley Reef gave up a sack yesterday. Probably doesn't help his case, but overall, that was the only sack of the game, right? Only sack of the game. Yeah, Michael Schofield. Um, you know, I like him too. So then we move to tight ends. We got Ryan Griffin and, and Trayvon Wesco. I think Ryan Griffin had a disappointing season, if you ask me. I expected more out of him. No, he didn't use him that much, but he had some penalties. He never graded well. He just didn't really make an impact. Wesco, you know, he's he's a blocking guy. They. You only brought him in midseason. I think it, he's a good blocker. If you want to block in tight end, you can re-sign him, probably minimum contracts. Thoughts there? Yeah, again, this, these are what I consider backfilling guys. Like I, I, I don't know the grades for a Wesco, um, so I, I, I'd have to take a closer look at that. But I do know you have your starting tight end. Cole Komet had a great season. We can agree on that, right? Yeah. He, I wouldn't so, say great. I think he had a, he had a decent season. Well, I'm sorry. He had a breakout season. He did a lot more this season than he had done in his first couple of seasons. Yeah. Yeah. I still like so, to see another receiving threat at tight end with Cole Komet, a guy like Evan Ingram. You know, if you could couple him with Komet, I think they'd be a dangerous uh, tight end group. Yeah. I mean, the wish lists are made to be, you know, fulfilled, <laughs> but usually you don't get everything on your wish list. You know how this goes in the NFL because you're competing against other teams trying to court the same guys. The the advantage the Bears do have is they can pay people. Um, I'm I'm interested to see how that money gets divvied up and spread around, though. Uh, $100 million. Look, 
I, I just want to know, can they get some guys on the defensive line who can generate pressure without calm blitzes? Yeah, can you do that? Line. And that, that leads me to defensive line. Angelo Blackson, Armand Watts, Mike Pennell Jr., all unrestricted free agents. I want to see all of them go immediately. Don't even say bye to anybody. Just get out. Don't collect $200. Do not pass just, go. Do not pass go. I don't wish any ill will towards those guys, but you know they just got put in a tough situation. I don't think they were up to the challenge this year, and they're not, they shouldn't be starting defensive linemen, in my opinion. Yeah, and they'll, they'll probably find jobs elsewhere. Um, it's they, The Bears just need more top-of-the-rotation guys on their defensive line. Okay, then we got wide receiver. In Kill Harry, Dante Pettis, Byron Pringle. I think all you guys can grab your bags and go to, honestly. I mean, Pringle is unfortunate. He was injured. Dante Pettis, you know, he made a couple catches this year. Was a, could catch the ball in the punt return. It's a decent job there. I wouldn't want to see him back. And Kill Harry didn't really have the opportunity. Had some injuries early in the season. I mean, he made a couple plays. I remember uh, a couple big deep throws from from from, from fields. But I don't think you want to see these guys in your roster next year. I think you got to bring in some more younger receivers and, and obviously a couple of big time guys too. So unrestricted free agents: Enkil Harry, Dante Pettis, Byron Pringle. See you later. Appreciate your services. Not so fast. Who, who's returning punts if you get rid of Dante Pettis? You have to bring in a punt returner, or you you, you get you just. Oh, you okay, so you just you you just have that bad taste in your mouth right now, and you just want everything gone. Gone. Well, it's like I don't want to have a meal like that again ever. Absolutely not. Yeah, you know, absolutely okay. not. Safety. We got DeAndre Houston Carson. I think he's a veteran guy. Plays you know plays special teams. Usually he was forced into playing at the end of the season with. You know, Eddie Jackson and, and Dane uh, Krukshank. Yeah, you could bring these You could bring Houston Carson back if you want. He's a guy that can, you know, can step in and play. But I think, you know, you bring back Eddie Jackson. Jaquan Brisker, I think your safeties are, you know, if they stay healthy, you're going to be one of your strengths next season. But you need depth. Let's be clear. All these positions, but especially in that secondary where people are going to get hurt, banged up, whatever, you need depth. Yeah. Because if, if your secondary doesn't have depth, Somebody goes down, it changes the whole ability of your defense. Yeah. And then um, we're finishing off here with linebacker. Matthew Adams, um, Joe Thomas, Elijah Lee. I think these guys are special team guys. You don't want them starting. I think Joe Thomas had a couple good good games at the end of the season when he got thrown into to action with Jack Sanborn, a guy that can spell some. You know, he had 14 tackles, two TFLs yesterday. So I wouldn't mind seeing Joe Thomas back in a reserve role, a special teams guy. That's my thoughts there. No, I think I think you're you're I think no one's going to disagree with the general things you've said across the board. There's some things you just need new. We need new versions of. So it's going to be interesting, and we have a whole off season to figure this out. Or, I'm sorry, we have an whole off season to watch Ryan Poles figure this out. And yeah. I said it yesterday when I was doing uh, sports for CBS Two. Look, it's shaping up right now that the offseason could be a whole lot more exciting and franchise-altering than the regular season was by far. This is the biggest Bears offseason in recent memory. It really yeah, is. I agree. I agree with you. And then um, restricted free agent, the only one of note would be Sam Mustafer. 
So, you know, somebody can offer him something, he can bring him back. You know, I know everybody hates Musfer. At the end of the season, you did get a little bit better. I think you could use him as a depth piece. He's young. Uh, maybe bring him back, maybe not. You know, no, no skin off my back either way as far as that's concerned. So that there you have it. Those are your free agents, and you know we'll come back uh, next week. I will, we'll have a, a, a couple player interviews, and we'll talk some more off-season stuff. But uh, for, for today, I mean, I feel like we told the truth. The Bears, they lost. They got the first pick, though, which is impressive. You know, we got the first pick the, in the, the draft, truth is, The truth is this, Clay, and I'll leave you with this. The 10-game losing streak was worth it because they've got the number one pick and everybody has to come see them if they're talking about getting a quarterback because we know the Texans have the number two pick and they're probably taking a QB. So Hey, our lines are open. You want this guy? You dial us up. Ryan Poles. 1-800-RYAN-POLES. I, I think that's that's more than – actually, no, that's that's nine numbers. But just one, one Ryan Poles. No 800 number. That's going to wrap things up for this this season finale edition of the Bare Minimum Podcast for Clay Harbor, your NFL expert and analyst, former tight end and and dating expert, I'll I'll say. Uh, We lived through his experiences. I'm Marshall Harris saying, until next time, everyone, enjoy the number one pick. Celebrate that thing because it does not happen every year. It's been 76 years since the Bears picked first.